Hey y'all, this is Eric Morris from Non-Typical Outdoorsman TV. Hey, I got an outdoor show. This season was great, had thousands and thousands of people watching the show, but tune in for next season, season two that I'm currently working on to see hunts, fishing trips, horses, dogs, old people, young people, kids, everybody. Hit me up on Facebook, Non-Typical Outdoorsman TV, and catch a few of last season's episodes. I look forward to hearing from y'all. The Gundog Notebook Podcast is presented to you by Onyx Hunt, crafted to be the number one digital mapping resource for hunters, anglers, and landowners. Download the Onyx Hunt app from your phone's app store today and use my promo code GDN20 for 20% off your Onyx subscription. I also want to bring to you Garmin. Garmin Fishing Hunt sponsors the Gundog Notebook Podcast. And you better believe that when I got that good old flank collar on, on, on Vegas, when y'all asking me all kinds of questions, what's really important is what kind of collar I'm using to implement that particular training method. It's a Garmin Pro 550 Plus. Go get yourself one today. Also... When I pull up to Vegas's first field trial, his derby trial at Rocky Creek Field Trial Club, I'll be pulling up with Vegas and a Dakota 283 G3 kennel. Go check out Dakota 283 kennels now and use my promo code TGDN10 for 10% off any regular price item at checkout. Also, I want to thank Lion Country Supply for supporting the Gundog Notebook podcast and, of course, supporting field trials. Uh, Lion Country Supply is the world's premier gun dog supplier, and anything you need to get that dog ready for his first derby trial, you can find at Lion Country Supply. All right, guys, so what's really interesting is I got a lot riding on this new trial, guys. I Vegas and I have been working hard. Um, we've been doing everything from wild bird hunts to training birds, and we've been running them with Ruger and getting him acclimated to trial. And many of you guys saw my last Instagram story where I had little Miss Molly out, a nine-year-old pointer, and that's likely going to be one, if not the dog, that I'll be trialing with. Then we'll be picking up a pup over the summer. So... You guys will be listening to a gentleman named Omar Mera today. Um, and it's interesting because half of it's in Spanish, but it'll be translated by my buddy and uh, fellow dog man and, 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 and dog enthusiast, world traveler, Charlie Jordan. So stay tuned, guys, for a very, very, very interesting episode in the first multi-bilingual, I guess, bilingual episode of the Gundog Notebook podcast featuring your host, Darrell Smith, Omar Mera, and Charlie Jordan. All right, so we are 
Triple good. All right. So <laughs> if you're ready to go, we can we yep. can record. We're ready to go. All right. Ready to record? Cool. Well, guys, we are on another episode of the Gundog Notebook podcast. Now, I am sitting here again in the house with Charlie Jordan of Missing Sucks. And I've got Omar Mera on the line, on the Skype line. Now, now, Charlie, bring us on in. Let's, how did we even get here? <laughs> Let's talk about how we even got here. Well, the, the first podcast we did together, right, we did about two months ago, which, which was a fun. And then I saw your passion for pointers mm-hmm. and how much you just love your pointers. And then... I saw somebody, and I knew somebody in Ecuador, where Omar is right now, who had that same level of passion for pointers that you did, and he was doing his own thing as dedicated to his pointers and the lineage and the right type of trainings Mm -hmm. and the type to train that fits different hunters. So that's when I called up Omar and said, Omar, why don't we share with the Gundog Notebook a different perspective of pointers and what you're doing down in South America yeah, and maybe see things that are similar or, or, yeah. or, or different or things like that. And that's when I called you and I remember I said, Hey, uh, there's this gentleman who knows quite a bit about pointers. I, I, I'm in Charlie. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so that's when we, uh, we started. So, um, no, I know we're excited. I know I'll be translating for, yeah. for, for yeah. Omar. Okay. It should be fun. All right. Well, look, you done fed me enough now, so let's go ahead and get to rocking and rolling. Let's talk about just Omar first and foremost. How did you how did you even get here and get engulfed into the world of pointers and 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 what about them made them so fascinating for you? Entonces, Omar, ¿cómo empezaste tu carrera con los pointers? ¿Y, ¿Y qué de los pointers realmente te fascinó? ¿Qué cosa fue lo que te obsesionó para traer esta pasión tan, tan en vivo? ¿no? Eh, bueno, a mí de los pointers, Charlie, muchas gracias por, por la oportunidad. Les mando un saludo. Eh, yo he casado mucho tiempo de, de joven y, y de más chico con mi padre. Y en mi familia ha habido mucha afición por la cacería. Y... Eh, particularmente eh, la perdiz es una, cosa, es una pieza de caza que se debe cazar con pointer y así es como nos fui acercando a los pointers. Déjame traducir esa que... parte. Déjame traducir. Si, si hacemos cortitos, traduzco mejor. So above all, he is saying thank you so much for, for, for um, uh, allowing me this opportunity to share this with you. Uh, my career began with my dad. My, uh, we were a long, long time family dedicated to hunting. Okay. And because we were here in Ecuador, the Andean partridge, which is known as the curvy-billed tinamou, okay. was this bird that you hunt up in the Andes. And we always hunted them with pointers. So from a small age, all I knew were just pointers. Nice. Nice. Well, similar, I didn't grow up with um, bird dogs, especially pointers, but I got into it in my 20s, uh, my mid-20s. And like you, pointers are a part of your history and culture. With me, as an African-American here in Georgia, we have you know pointers and setters. Down in South Georgia, they raise pointers and setters, and that's been the tradition. Um, and so we hunt uh, bobwhite quail. That is what we have down here. And the dogs are 
just so phenomenal. You know, they're they're specialists for that type of bird. Lo que dice, uh, lo que dice Durrell es que al opuesto a ti, él empezó a los 20 años, ¿no? Y en el sur de Georgia había una cultura muy grande que por 100 años se perseguía la codorniz, que se llama Bob White Quail. Y esta codorniz siempre se ha perseguido con setters y pointers, ¿no? Pero él entró un poco más tarde, más o menos a los 19, 20 años, al opuesto de ti, que entraste desde joven con tu padre. Y ahí fue donde empezó su pasión de eso, ¿no? Claro. Ok. So, yeah. That's great, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, so, and my wife is going to love this because she is fluent in Spanish. So, <laughs> she is, she is going to love this. But what are some of the... the, the um, the things that your father instilled in you about raising pointers, because you've got from what I, from what Charlie's told me, you've got the original Spanish and Argentinian pointers. You've got the original lines. So what was it like growing up and learning how to take care of those? And, and, and at what point did you understand that it was very special what you had? Lo que está preguntando es que cuando empezaste así, ¿no? ¿Qué fue, con, qué fue lo que te enseñó tu padre eh, sobre los pointers? Que tú te puedes acordar mucho por lo que él está diciendo. Es que lo que yo le he enseñado, ¿no? Has tenido una línea de pedigrí que has estado tratando de formar un poco de España, un poco de Argentina. ¿Y qué fue lo que te enseñó tu papá para tratar de entender un poco más esa raza uh, por tu parte? Bueno, yo, yo con mi papá aprendí muchas cosas de la cacería, pero, pero específicamente del pointer no tanto. Eh, la, el, el pointer, más bien yo me acerqué a través de otros cazadores que eran especialistas en, en el tema de la perdiz. Eh, con mi padre cazábamos mucha tórtola, yeah. eh, que no se necesita pointer básicamente, pero me acerqué a otros cazadores, eh, particularmente uno muy querido, un muy querido amigo que que se llama José Zapata, de aquí del Ecuador, y José Bugosel, de, de Lima. Eh, con ellos eh, me metí mucho más en el tema del pointer, y en cuanto a las líneas de sangre, eh, yo no conservé líneas de aquí, las traje principalmente de la línea europea, de yeah. trabajo. Eh, el pointer es especialista en, en, en trabajo, no de exhibición, básicamente pointers españoles e italianos. Y los argentinos también vienen de esos pointers. A ver, déjame traducir eso. So, while he learned so much about hunting from his dad, right, he didn't really pick up a lot from his dad on, with, with the pointers as much as he did from two other friends. Right. One was a Peruvian friend. ¿Cómo se llama el peruano? José Bugosen. José Bugosen from Peru. Okay. And his other friend was uh, El Otro Zapata. ¿Cómo se llamaba? José Zapata. And José Zapata from Ecuador. Okay. So they were very passionate about pointers. So he actually started learning more with them, with the pointers. In terms of the lineage of what he had with the pointers, he did not pick up the lineage in South America. He did not bring or try to breed mm -hmm. show dogs, which there were show dogs there. But he actually went to Europe and started bringing the working dogs, good, right? Good. So they were, aquí está diciendo fantástico, que buena cosa que hiciste. <laughs> good deal. <laughs> so he started bringing the working dogs, which had which had the lineage of uh, Spanish lineage and mm -hmm. Italian lineage. And then the Argentinians started mm -hmm. bringing in a little bit of the Italian working lineage as well. Okay. okay. ¿Algo más, Omar? ¿Quieres seguir con ese tema? 
No, no, no. Eh, no. Eh, no, comentarles que, que escogí esas líneas porque son puramente de trabajo. Sí. Es decir, no tienen nada de exhibición y, y todos cazan y todos se les somete a pruebas de campo a los reproductores y a las madres casi siempre son cazadoras, ¿no? Yep. So he chose this because they weren't show dogs, because they were working dogs, and the, the, the breeders were always subject to a tremendous amount of field trials, and the mothers were always hunters. Okay. Right? That was a big thing, that both the mothers and the fathers, yeah. but the mothers were always hunters, so that's what he brought over to Ecuador. So, very similar here, where... Muy similar aquí. Uh, there is a there is some some merit to the mother line. The puppy typically gets most of its hunting drive from its mother, and I I think that it's because that puppy spent so much time with it. And then out in the wild, well, the mother would be the one to teach it how to hunt birds and things like that, while the father would likely just be elsewhere, or they might hunt together. Um, And, and so it's, it's interesting to me yeah. that even overseas, yeah. the emphasis is on that mother. Yeah. Um, my mentors, the guys that have taught me, have always told me to always look for a strong bloodline in the mother. Yeah. Entonces, Durrell, muy similar a lo que hacías tú aquí en, en, en Estados Unidos, quieren ver mucho que la madre también case, ¿no? Y él piensa personalmente que la mamá está, es una, una profesora un poco mejor que el padre porque está más cercano al cachorro, ¿no? Y los mentors, los, los, las personas que ayudaron a Durrell crear a sus pointers, siempre dijeron, ándate con la madre un poquito más que solamente con el padre, ¿no? No, no right. que el padre no sea muy importante, ¿no? Not that the father's not important, but just right. go with the mother just a little bit more. The mother, mother might have... Would you say maybe the mother has probably anywhere between 60 to 70% influence on that puppy? ¿Crees que 60, 70% tiene la mamá en, en la influencia del cachorrito? Eh, bueno, no, no sé, no, no les podría dar un, un dato exacto really de eso. I couldn't really give you an exact number, idea, but I do share the idea. Sí, de que, de que la madre debe ser cazadora. En no. Europa los criadores siempre usan madres que han sido probadas en el campo antes de cruzarlas. No se cruza nunca una perra sin que haya salido al campo. So there is no bitch being bred without it having been proven in the field, especially in Europe. Like they just won't, won't cross, a, won't breed a bitch yeah. just because um, she might be from a hunting line. She has to be proven in the field. And this is what Ahmad has been bringing down from, okay. for, from Europe over to Ecuador. Okay. So I now, now I want to get into that a little bit. So we have field trials here. Um, you know, field trials all around the world. But... You know how I want to talk about how those trials are run and what the standards are. But, you know, going back, uh, I actually got this book pointer and his predecessor. You read it. OK. OK. So let's 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 get into it real quick. What are your thoughts on that book? Like, give me your just quick thoughts on that book. Tus opiniones sobre este libro, and sí. the book is uh, the pointer and his predecessors, ¿no? Sí. Tu opinión. Mire, 
a mí me gusta mucho porque tiene muchas ideas de cómo fue el pointer originalmente criado, sobre todo cómo se cómo trabajaba en el campo. I like it a lot because it goes to the origins of how the pointer was originally, shall we say, the initiatives were originally formed on the pointer and how mm -hmm. it worked in the field. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sí. Se, se, se ve también cosas de cómo se incluyeron otras razas en la creación del pointer que a la larga le generaron efectos, como por ejemplo el Foxhound, que, que se comenta ahí. Y otras cosas importantes es, habla mucho de cómo debe comer el pointer. Habla mucho de cómo, de que debe comer grandes cantidades de carne, cosas de ese tipo. Habla mucho de cómo debe ser el sitio donde se debe tener los pointers, los ejercicios, las horas de sol. So es he likes a lot. He, he likes a lot of the fact that it talks about the different breeds that actually shape the pointer, mm -hmm. right? And more importantly, the diet, how important meat is to the diet, to the pointer, yeah. and at the same time, where you are raising pointers. Yeah, you know? yeah. So with that, you know, the, the, the pointers over there, they were breeding these dogs to, to beat the setters in the field trials. They, they wanted to win field trials with the pointers, Do you think that, you know, the hound has probably had the foxhound, but even what we call the July, July hound, do you think that that's been the biggest contributing factor to the pointer? And, and is there anything that I guess you think was missing in history now? Because people don't really talk about it as much. Wait, can you repeat that again, more or less? In Do you think the 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 hound contribution in a pointer was probably it's the biggest asset that we could have given to that dog that breed? ¿Crees que los hounds haya sido el 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 factor contribuyente más importante que le hemos podido dar al pointer? No, 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 no. No, he doesn't Yo, feel that way. Me, me parece no y y Aguilar lo dice y algunos otros autores hay hay autores italianos sobre eso hablan de que el pointer proviene de razas continentales de perros perdigueros que están extintas al momento, pero, pero que fueron con algunas de las guerras en las que los soldados británicos estuvieron, por ejemplo, en España o en Francia, tomaron esos perros, los llevaron a, a Inglaterra y allí se fue formando el pointer. De hecho, muchos piensan que... El... Entonces, déjame, déjame traducir eso, solamente para... He does not agree that the hound was... Uh, there are a lot of Italian writers that say that the, uh, the, the breeds that actually... Uh, made up the pointer many, many years ago, right? Were actually this breed called Perdigueros, which you find like Perdigueros de Burgos. You, you find these type of breeds in, in in Spain and different places. But a lot of those have now been extinct. And a lot of the soldiers, when they occupied Spain, mm -hmm. actually grabbed these dogs and took them back took to them England back to and started breeding in there. But Omar does not believe that, that, that the largest, one of the largest, most significant contributors was the Foxhound, okay. but rather these other dogs that are now extinct that made up that, that, uh, wow. That line. Okay, okay. Les digo por qué, les digo por qué. Let me tell También you why. Una, si, tú, si se fijan los, los perros, los hounds, digamos, todos estos, tienen rastrear, ellos rastrean en el piso. Sí. El pointer toma más bien emanación desde, el, de, de, desde arriba, sintiéndole en el viento. Ok, déjame es traducir eso. Una forma de trabajo diferente. Ya. Yeah. And one of the reasons that I feel that they're not done that way is if you look at hounds, 
they actually put the nose to the ground. Mm -hmm. And a pointer is actually from the shoulder up. So it's a completely different way to hunt. Right. So he does not believe that the largest contributor were, were, were the hounds. I'm sure that it yeah. contributed, right? But, right? but not as big as it might think. So Algo más o más? No, no, no. Eso, eso, básicamente. Yeah, that's, that's so maybe not even because my thing with a pointer is the strength of its nose. That's why I wanted that dog is the it, the strength of his nose and its gait, how it runs. Um, and so for here, we're breeding for speed. We're breeding for specificity in the nose and also um, endurance to be able to keep going. Those are traits that I've seen in uh, in, in our hounds nowadays. So I wonder, going back, was that something that we're, they were looking for? Yeah. Eh, lo que está diciendo Durrell es que aquí lo que estamos haciendo en Estados Unidos son los tres elementos del pointer, ¿no? Que son a, eh, criarlos para eh, velocidad, para nariz y para estamina, ¿no? Para que tengan estamina, ¿no? Y lo que está diciendo es, eso es lo que yo veo en los hounds de hoy día también. ¿Cómo habrá sido en Europa ¿Qué crees hayan sido los elementos? What does he think the elements were that they were breeding for in Europe? ¿Cuáles son los elementos que estaban criando en Europa? En tu opinión. ¿Actualmente o hace tiempos? Hace tiempo y actualmente. In, in the past and today. Yeah. Bueno, hay, ustedes ven en, en el libro de, de Agright que habla de que el, el pointer debe tomar mucho campo, ¿no? Yeah, it, y it, it talks de, about just having mucho, huge o sea, fields. Mucha estamina, mucha, mucha resistencia para cazar en los murs escoceses del Bruce especialmente, ¿no? Ajá, ajá. Entonces, eh, yo pienso que, que, que siempre el pointer en todo tratado, todo libro antiguo y nuevo, se habla de un devorador de terreno, ¿no? Yeah. Entonces, que tenga mucha velocidad y que vaya muy lejos y que, y que aguante muchas horas cazando, ¿no? Yeah. He, he, he agrees with what you're saying, especially when they take the pointers over to England, especially in the Scottish Moors, if you will. Right. I mean, they talk about him being just a, uh, a really hungry animal to cover as much terrain, but they did not want to cover that terrain with the dog getting tired right. because it was inefficient to do that. Right? right. So what you're saying, speed, stamina and nose is, is what you hear a lot in the past and today as well. Right. So with uh are you familiar with american pointers and how they're bred over here conoces al pointer americano y cómo lo están criando aquí no nunca he visto uno ni nunca he casado con uno i've never seen one and i've never hunted with one oh Pero you got you got to come here tienes que venir of course <laughs> you got you got to come here man um so with us you know just getting into it We are looking for a, a, a 12 o'clock tail, a straight up tail. Estamos buscando esa cola de 12, de, de las 12, de mediodía, no para arriba. Claro. What, is it useful for you or, or do you even care? ¿Qué, qué, ¿Qué piensas de eso y cuáles son tus opiniones de eso? <laughs> no, bueno, eh, eh, es otro estándar, ¿no? Es otro estándar en cuanto a cómo hacer la muestra. Uh, it's a different standard of how to actually show the point, uh -huh. right? So it's how you show that point, right? Okay. And uh, I think Bad. he's being as politically correct <laughs> as he can possibly. Está siendo muy diplomático, Omar. Muy bien. No, no, no. Lo que pasa es que, lo que pasa es 
pasa es que yo, yo creo que el, yo he visto videos del pointer americano y es un perro muy valiente. He's a, he's a very um, uh, he's a very courageous dog, the American pointer. Very very courageous is is the word he uses. Okay, okay. A mí me a mí me gusta mucho el perro que tiene esa mucha mentalidad para el campo, no muy 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 bravo, digamos, muy valiente. He, uh, he loves dogs that show a lot of courage. Like he sees a big field and says, let me at that field. Let, yeah. let me go. And he sees there a lot of, uh, a lot of courage in American yeah. pointers. Yeah. So we, we want that. We want, we have a few different lines here where, and I want you to talk about your lines, but compare. So we have, um, Robert, a breeder named Robert Whaley, his lines, L. Hugh. Then we've got another breeder, um, Farrell Miller, and and his are just Miller bloodlines. And yeah. Whaley breeds for wisdom and intelligence. And yeah. Farrell Miller breeds for a dog that can run a big motor, you know, power. Yeah. Does Robert Whaley, um, eh, que tiene la línea de Elhue, que empezó el Elhue Pointer, siempre está tratando de entrenar para inteligencia, ¿no? Uh, claro. Wisdom and intelligence, right? Yep. Mucha, mucha inteligencia. Mientras Miller, el otro que tiene el Miller line de pointers aquí, está mucho más para stamina, ¿no? Para tener mucha claro. stamina. ¿Cuál es, co, co, ¿Cómo estamos criando los perros allá? Are you asking how? Uh, yeah, what, like what, what is his standard? ¿Qué, ¿Qué es lo que a ti te gustaría personalmente como estándar? Bueno, yo, yo, la verdad, he criado algunas, algunas camadas, no, no tantísimas, pero no. lo que a mí me gusta es que, que, que el pointer sea muy cazador, que no. tenga mucho carácter. He y, wants to have a lot of character. He wants his dogs to have a lot of character, individual character. Sí, sí y, que, y que, que case muy bien, ¿no? Pero al lado de eso tiene que tener todo esto que les comento, de que tome campo, de que no, que no se canse, y eso es también... El, el que el perro tome campo y no se canse también es una función de la anatomía. Yeah. So much of the function of it not getting tired and ranging big is so much about his anatomy. So he tries to focus on the anatomy of the dog as well, because for him, not getting tired is a big issue. Okay. So talk about uh, just the background of, of where he hunts, the terrain, um, You know, and how do you expect to allow your dog to move on birds? Do you want the dog to point as soon as it hits the scent or do you allow it to creep a little bit until it gets close enough? Háblanos un poquito del campo que estás ahí en el páramo que estás cazando y qué es lo que buscas en tus perros una vez que entran en la muestra. ¿Los permites que avancen un poquito o el minuto que huelen ahí se tienen que quedar como estatua? ¿Permites que ellos traqueen un poco a la perdiz? Bueno, el, el respeto al vuelo, ¿no? Sí. Eh, Charlie conoce muy bien estos campos, así que, eh, que, que te pregunte a ti, Charlie, porque tú conoces mejor que nadie esto. Eh, son campos quebrados y a, a mí, la verdad, no he sido bueno entrenando al perro para que respete el vuelo. No lo he conseguido al 100% y dejo que el perro corra detrás de la perdiz y eso. Yeah. Eh, sobre todo es una es, es una cosa difícil de entrenar en un perro porque se le puede eh, romper el carácter o que de pronto el perro se asuste o no quiera cazar es, es, es un entrenamiento que ya lo tiene que hacer un profesional yeah. so what he's saying is the, the terrain that he hunts is known as the Paramo which is an ecosystem of the highland grass prairies right mm -hmm. and so the Kirby Bill Tinamu works there right she lives there and she walks quite a bit 
he has not wanted, he hasn't had the knowledge enough to actually train a whole breeding line to be steady to wing and shot, right? Mm -hmm. He would say something a lot more than my knowledge to actually be able to do that. But he believes he's a little concerned that if he was to make him steady to wing and shot, he feels that that might even scare the dog. It's not instinctive Mm. in his nature Mm. to just sit there and look at the bird go. He allows him to chase the partridge, right? Mm -hmm. I want him to chase a partridge, but nothing wrong with steady to wing and shot. It's just that he would say somebody much more professional than me to do it. But he's got this concern about saying, if I was to do that, maybe my restricting his instincts. And I mean, yeah. what would be the reason for it? And of course, you know, safety and things like that, of course, come into play. But that's one of his thoughts on right. that. Right. So, igual uh, el patrón, Charlie. Igual el patrón. Uh, cuando nace el perro con patrón natural, yo se lo dejo. ¿Qué cosa es patrón natural? O sea, has visto que un perro se pone en muestra y el otro se pone detrás de en muestra solo. Sí. Solo con mirarlo. Sí. A veces algunos lo tienen natural y otros no lo tienen. Sí. Entonces, cuando lo tiene natural, hermoso, pero si no lo tiene, no le obligo. So, it's the same thought that he has not to restrict that instinct when another dog honors a point. Mm-hmm. For example, there are certain dogs in his breeds, right, in his breed, that will just naturally honor a point. Right. But other ones that won't honor, he won't restrict them to honor. He'll let them do do what your instinct is saying and will allow them to creep up there. Okay. And just because he doesn't want to interrupt that that lineage. You know? Okay. Okay. Um, and remember, these are working dogs and 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 uh, just a different way to look at it. Right. No, it's it's great because my dogs, I want the the natural back. Yeah. And I, I don't always like mine, fortunately, has out of the three times he's had the opportunity, he has done it two of those three yeah. times. But I go ahead and break my dog out of creeping and any of that, you know, and I build his confidence up through the process all the way through wing shot and, and at a point fall. Yeah. Jesus. O sea que lo que hace Durrell es para él es sale la perdiz, el perro se queda quieto, vuela la perdiz, el perro se queda quieto, dispara la perdiz, el perro se queda quieto hasta que cae la perdiz. And once it falls, then you let him go? No. No. Uh-uh. You stand there. And, no, tampoco and a cobrar. Stand there and look pretty as long as I want you to. And then will you let him, will you release him to go get the bird? I'll release him. I'll release my lab. No, el pointer se queda ahí y el labrador va a recoger la pieza y el pointer solamente lo ve. So the, the, the pointer is also just staying there solid, Stay lo- there. looking at the lab. Right. And then I tap you on the head and send them off and you hunt again. O sea que después... Es un grandísimo entrenador. Yeah, you're a tremendous trainer. <laughs> no, I'm not. There's so many, so many much better than I am. He's impressed, man. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked right now. <laughs> no, there, there are so many better trainers than I am. It's just I've had good mentors and that's the standard that I've learned. So yeah. I do want to ask, what were some of the unique things that both of your friends instilled in you? Like, what are some of the key concepts? Los dos compañeros tuyos, este... Los dos compañeros Zapata tuyos, y, y eh, Zapata y Bugosen, um, 
¿Qué fueron algunas de sus características únicas que te enseñaron o que tú aprendiste o que compartieron ideas? ¿Qué cosas eran lo que realmente te acuerdas que te compartieron? Bueno, eh, una cosa bien importante fue que me, me invitaron a buscar la, las razas más puras, ¿no? Traerlas de Europa, porque lo que había aquí, por ejemplo, estaba muy cruzado. Hubo, había pointers en Ecuador, pero tenían no tenían pedigrí. Yeah. Pues no sabías lo que tenían y de fenotipo se les veía que a veces le habían cruzado con Braco, le habían puesto hasta Dálmata o cualquier cosa, ¿no? So one of the things that he's saying is one of the things that they really taught me was to actually go find the lineage. Okay. Right? A lot of the dogs in Ecuador, there'd been a lot of crossings. They had crossed them with, with German short hair pointers, with dratars, you know, yeah. with, uh, con, con dalmata? Con dalmata. With, with dalmatians. Con what? And, and with labs. So, pucha, parecía las Naciones Unidas, eso. Sí, It sí, looked sí, like sí. the United Nations, you know, right. just a, a tremendous <laughs> amount of, uh, of, of different lineages there. But so one of the things they taught him was, let's go over to Europe and let's find the pedigree and let's find yeah. the right lineage. Sigue, Omar, después de eso, ¿qué más te enseñaron? Luego me, me enseñaron muchas cosas sobre, sobre la crianza, sobre cómo entrenar el, el pointer. Al final, tanto José como lo, los dos son José, Zapati y Bogosel, y yo mandamos los perros a la Argentina y allá ya los entrenan apropiadamente para los concursos. Pero la, la primera enseñanza, ver los perros en el campo, dispararles cuando hay que dispararles, yeah. eh, esas cosas aprendí con ellos mucho, ¿no? So, especially just looking at the dogs in the field, knowing when to shoot, knowing when initially he was just getting a lot of feedback from them. Eventually, they got their lineage and they send it down to Argentina to compete. So they had these wide-ranging competitions with these Argentinian pointers wow. and uh, huge, huge, huge field, expansive fields. You wow. Know? Okay. So would you say that there are, in, in Ecuador and in, in Argentina, would you say that there are a limited number of truly original purebred pointers and you would have one of them? ¿Crees que en Ecuador y Argentina hay un número limitado de realmente puro pedigrees de pointers y que tú tienes una línea que no es muy común? Bueno, eh, en el Ecuador sí. En Ecuador, en Ecuador yes. sí. Yeah. Y en Perú también. And en Perú as well. Okay. Pero en Argentina es un país que al estar tan vinculado con Europa tuvo líneas de cacería desde hace muchísimos años, y sobre todo italianas. Y existen muchos criaderos con, con, con origen europeo. Y de hecho es el único país que actualmente se hacen pruebas de trabajo al estilo europeo. Que son la gran búsqueda, eh, la búsqueda de caza, que no se derriba la perdiz, eh, pero se hace el patrón todo. Y, y van jueces europeos a jugar en el Argentina. So in Argentina, in Ecuador and in Peru, yes, but in Argentina, no, because they have such a strong lineage to the European uh, mm -hmm. uh, continent, right, that they have kept those uh, those lines in Argentina almost intact, right? Uh, as a matter of fact, Argentina is one of the places where they still have the field trials in the European way and European judges come down where you don't wow. shoot the bird. You just go out. These are wild birds, right? You don't shoot the bird. You just go out there and see them work right. and then shoot up in the air and then yep. continue along those lines. So we do the same thing. Nosotros también aquí hacemos la misma cosa. Um, we Sin do, derribo, without shooting the uh, bird. A uh, 22 blank pistol. Una 22 al aire. Exactamente. Yep. Exactamente. Exactamente. 
So, since we're going worldwide, I'm sure that there are a lot of hunting spots around the world, and maybe Onyx has a feature to like do stuff around the world. And if not, then maybe we need to talk to them about it. But anyway, the only way to find out is to become a member, become a subscriber to Onyx Hunt using my promo code GDN20 when you sign up for an Onyx Hunt subscription and the app today. Talk about the field trials over there. What are the standards um, and, and how do you win? Is it on horseback? Like, how does, how does that work? ¿Cuáles son los estándares de las pruebas, de las competencias que, que tú has visto y aquí, a ti te impresionan? ¿Y cómo uno gana? ¿Eso ¿Son en caballo o claro. son en, en...? Claro. No, no, no. Es, eh, bueno, so, son las mismas pruebas que se hacen en Europa. Yeah. Eh, tienes dos grandes divisiones, la gran búsqueda y la búsqueda de casa. Y la búsqueda de... De casa. De casa. Se so, llama gran búsqueda y búsqueda de casa, de, de casa con Z. So there's two types of field trials. They, the one's called the big search and the other one's called the hunting search. ¿Cuál es la diferencia? La, la extensión que se le exige al perro en relación al cazador. Tú avanzas en el campo de forma, eh, digamos, eh, perpendicular yeah. y el perro va glaseando a tus lados y en la búsqueda de casa se les exige entre 250 a 300 metros y hasta 500 pero en la gran búsqueda de acuerdo a cómo esté el terreno el perro tiene que hacer al menos 500 metros eh, a cada lado 500 metros it's 3 feet per meter so what's 500 meters that's 1500 Ooh. feet <laughs> yeah so it is it is demanded that the dog work at 1500 feet in front of you wow. for the great range and then it is demanded y la otra la, la casa es 300 250 300 and the sí, other pero one no, no adelante tuyo sino a los lados not in front of you but to the sides of you really to the sides of you and on the other one the lesser one They're requiring eight to nine hundred feet to the sides of you. Okay, so we want a little bit different. We want a dog to stay ahead, right? We want to stay ahead, work basically big cast. So work yeah. ahead, out to the left, then swing back out to the right. Acá queremos que esté enfrente de nosotros y se vaya izquierda derecha, pero siempre enfrente de nosotros. En claro. Europa es perpendicular al cazador. Sí, así es igual la nuestra. So, la, la, la europea, tú caminas y el perro va a los lados y, y siempre debe pasar por delante tuyo. Okay, siempre so, pasa por delante del cazador. So, the actual, in, in, in Europe, the hunter is here and the dog's on both sides, but when he crosses, he's got to cross in front of you. No, no, no por atrás, no cruza por atrás. No, nunca. Es, mm. es, eso es descalificatorio. It, they'll disqualify you if the, if the dog decides to circle behind uh, you. Oh, okay. You know? Okay. So, um... <laughs> Y otra cosa muy importante es que siempre se hacen parejas y los perros deben cruzarse entre ellos. Y otra cosa importante es que siempre se hace en contra del viento. Entonces se le valora al perro cómo se pone con el viento. A ver, Entonces, ¿se hacen en parejas? Se hacen parejas. Se van dos conductores. ¿Y, y, y nunca se pueden... pueden cruzar? No, no, se deben cruzar. Me refiero a que si el uno va a la derecha, el otro debe ir a la izquierda. So they always do two dogs at a time with two trainers. Mm -hmm. And if one of the dogs crosses over the other one, you immediately have to switch sides. And really? the rules apply the same. So if the dogs cross, they have to cross. ¿Qué más wow. me puedes decir de eso? 
Bueno, eh, es, eh, tienes ese reglamento, el perro no puede, no puede correr ni mostrar ni hacerle caso a ninguna cosa que no sea la perdiz, o sea, es liebre sobre todo en Europa y en Argentina, eso no debe mostrar ni debe seguir. So, eso es increíble, this is incredible. The dog can't point a jackrabbit or a rabbit at all. They will disqualify oh, it. Wow. In Argentina, there's a lot of those beautiful big jackrabbits yeah. that you put them in a little bit of wine for two days and then you cook it. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. It's delicious. But they'll disqualify. So the dog, if if the dog smells a jackrabbit and says, boy, I'm going home if I point that, somehow, de alguna manera lo han entrenado para no apuntar liebre. Somehow they, they've trained them not to point jackrabbits. Right? How, do you, how do you do that? So one of the things that, of course, much more professional trainers than I, but they've got the electronic collars yeah. and they see if Same they here. start, if they start acting a little way, they already know that's a, that's a jackrabbit. So they'll ting it. Yeah. So the dog will. That, that's Lord. incredible. So I mean, we that's... we do that with snakes. Nosotros yeah. hacemos eso con culebras mucho porque aquí las culebras yeah. <laughs> eso sí es un escándalo. Yeah. Um, we will we will go and um, their guys and some 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 friends of mine they'll go and get snakes and put them in a cage and put them in a rope yeah. and let the dog walk by it with the electronic collar. And then what it'll do, as soon as that dog goes to try to smell the snake, boom, pop them. And after a while, two or three times, and they hit them now. I mean, they, yeah. they give it to them. But after two or three times, that dog doesn't want nothing else to do. Pon, ponen las, las, las cascabeles en una, en, una pequeña, en una pequeña jaulita. Y cuando claro. el perro, si se le voltea nomás a ver, boom, lo queman con el, con el control. Claro, claro. Dos o bueno, tres, eso. eso es, es un, un perro de trabajo, tiene mucha histamina, mucha, mucha fuerza, se necesita ese tipo de correr. Yo, yo he visto perros de, entrenándose en Argentina y en Europa hasta con dos collares puestos. ¿no? He has seen dogs in Argentina and in Europe uh, because of the stanum of the dog uh, that they put two shot collars on them. Really? Just burn the living daylights out of the... Shoot! Uh, <laughs> wow! <laughs> Okay. Y, y, y hay cosas, ¿no? En la, en los entrenadores cuentan que antes le disparaban con con una 410 con un plomo muy finito sí. para, para corregirles o que hacían algunas cosas, ¿no? And there's back in the day and and this is something that I've I've thought has just been absolutely terrible, but peppering the dog, right? They yeah. take a 410 and if it ranged out too far, just shoot the dog yeah. to actually make it come back, which Really? I can't, We, I can't understand that. I never will be able to understand So, and, and it's not something that I want any of the listeners to think that still goes on today. Right. But like you, and like, like you guys, not you, but down here in the South, yeah. there was a time in history that people did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it, it's not right, you know, no. but that's, it's, it's, I think people have learned better now and i think that the training methods have gotten much more technical than it was brute force and humane and humane right they've gotten a whole lot more humane 
very much so. But then they've also, it seems to me that field trialers are thinking more about the dog's psyche than their own personal success nowadays. Lo que quiere decir Durrell es que lo que ocurría hace muchos años no que era correcto que pase, que le disparen al perro para acercarlo más, ¿no? Eh, simplemente fue un, un tiempo en la historia que eso pasó, pero más que nada uh, lo que está contando es que hoy día hay maneras mucho más humanas de entrenar un perro, mucho más consideradas de entrenar un perro y los entrenadores están mucho más preocupados del estado mental del perro que la performance, no solamente la performance del perro, ¿no? Claro, claro. Yeah, yeah. Y también la, la, se ha hecho tantas crías que ya son perros más dóciles, más suaves de entrenarlo. Yeah, they, they, so much breeding that mm -hmm. the, 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 the puppies are much more, um, like you say, much more docile, much more calm mm -hmm. and, and not necessarily just as so um, jacked up, you know. So do you think, do you have breeders that are going, trying to go back 10 and 15 and 20 years to, to take artificial semen to get to breed to dogs now, or do you guys care about the lines going forward and bettering what we have now? Conoces a entrenadores que están agarrando la esperma de, de perros de 15, 20 años y cruzándolos con perros hoy día, o crees que están criando solamente hacia el futuro con los perros de hoy? Eh, yo, yo, es una cosa que con José Bogosén de Perú hemos intentado es de hacer inseminación en perros y conservar pajuelas como se hace en el ganado sí. las vacas, ¿no? Pero no hay tecnología aquí todavía y no he visto que en Europa pase. De hecho, cuando eh, se, se han cruzado perros eh, peruanos, por ejemplo, de mi amigo José, él lleva las perras y las deja en Europa un tiempo para que un campeón las, las preñe y las trae preñadas. No hay esa, esa tecnología todavía. So, no se le está aplicando todavía. He has tried with his friend Jose Bugoset. Bugosen, sí. Bugosen in Lima to actually uh, uh, save some of the sperms from, just like to do with, with, with cattle, right? right. Uh, but we don't have the technology yet to have done it. He has not seen that in Europe. Really? To actually, they're going forward. They're all looking forward, forward. With, with a... With, uh, with, with the new uh, with the dogs of today for future dogs right. we there it's a split ideology here so you got some guys that want to go back 10 and 20 and 30 years and they can do that but it's expensive it's very expensive <laughs> but I don't I don't think those I don't think it it's making you know like I think the dogs today are better than the best dogs back then you know um i just do I, I, with all the training and the breeding and all of that stuff i think I that it's smart to go ahead now you're a breeder and this is one question that i was reading um i found in a book um by jack harper i just posted it matter of fact and the gentleman was saying that in a puppy the phenotypes of that puppy, the most dominant genetics are going to be found immediately in the mother and the father. And so much emphasis is put on old lines or, or, or old dogs and its lineage. But the, the majority of those genetics are going to be seen immediately in its mom and, and father. So um, the first part that you were talking about, you're saying, what, what were you saying? 
uh, just I, I want to know what he thinks about the statement that basically I the, the ideology. Yeah. Hay, hay dos ideologías acá, ¿no? Hay el mercado aquí que creen que uno tiene que ir 20, 30 años hacia atrás y agarrar eso y enseminar a perros hoy en día. En su opinión, cree que nunca hemos tenido perros tan buenos como los que tenemos ahora, especialmente con la evolución de entrenamientos, tecnología y todo eso, ¿no? Can you repeat a little bit of that, that last that part last that you're part. saying? That is, is it, does he find that the majority of the, the puppy's genetics and any kind of potential would be found immediately in that the mom and pop or does he see uh, traits of the grandparents, things like that? En lo que tú has visto, lo que tú crees, crees que lo que ves en los cachorritos de lo que todo es eh, 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 cinegética, crees que ves en los cachorritos los instintos y genéticas inmediatas del madre o el padre o crees que ves ciertos eh, atributos del de abuelo, el bisabuelo o cosas así? Claro, eh, sí. Bueno, la, la, eh, en el tema de genética es, es muy curioso, ¿no? Y esto le, te puedo dar varias ideas al respecto y las vamos traduciendo, Charlie. Yeah. Eh, básicamente, eh, dos más dos no son cuatro en genética. Tú cruzas una buena perra con un buen perro y los cachorros salen mal o tienen miedo al tiro o, o, o no funcionan en el campo. Pero también te puede pasar que pongas una perra buena y un perro bueno y te sale una maravilla. So he says, look, what I've learned is this. When it comes to genes, two plus two is not four. He says, you can cross the greatest dog on the planet with the greatest other dog on the planet. And the dogs that you get are nowhere near good. Right. And then by the same token, you can cross a really good dog and a really bad dog and get a really, really extraordinary dog. So it, it, he just doesn't. He just doesn't see it as an exact science, but he wants to continue because he has to answer your question. Sí. Eh, eh, había un criador que, que transformó el pointer de trabajo moderno que, que se llamaba Giorgio Guberti en Italia, que tenía un afijo, un criadero que se llamaba Del Vento. Yeah. Y él creía en esto de tener toda la familia porque él decía el gen deseable, no sé si va a estar en los hijos, pero puede estar en los nietos. Y no necesariamente el gente se hable, que, que se busca, por ejemplo, un perro que sea con mucha mentalidad, eh, va a estar en sus hijos y no puede estar en sus nietos. Él tenía una teoría y llegó a tener muchos perros y realmente muchos campeones. ¿Y cómo se llama el italiano? Rubén. Giorgio, Giorgio Guberti. Guberti. So, Guberti. there was this Italian trainer. Él sigue vivo, ¿no? Él vive. Él era criador. Sí, él era criador. Yeah, más still alive. entrenador. Yeah, he's still alive. And this gentleman in Italy had a theory. He okay. would, what was he, his name? Uh, Guberti, okay. uh, Giorgio Guberti. Okay. So uh, he's still alive today. He was a breeder. He kept the whole family because his theory was the greatest genes might not be in the puppy, uh -huh. but in the puppy's children. Okay. Okay. So he kept that whole line and mm -hmm. actually had very good success in proving because he had a lot of champion dogs in his line. So that whole line, like you're saying, he's saying, uh, we're borrowing from the great grandparents. And just because this litter comes out today, right, right it doesn't mean that uh, this litter has to be great because th the litter's grand puppies might have that gene that came from over here. So he kept the line intact, which, my God, it's it's uh, pr that's, pretty interesting. That's though. interesting. So are you, when you have a, a, a set of dogs, we 
some of us over here practice line breeding, which is basically you line breeding. I, I think he knows what I'm talking about. Like you basically take like one dog's you, you breed like a puppy to its like first cousin, first cousin or something like yeah. that. You know, and, and I'm not a professional at breeding, but I know it's you're staying tight within the right. line. Do you guys practice a lot of that or do you always outcross? Practicas el cruce de primos, primos hermanos. Sí, sí. Eh, bueno, es, es eh, actualmente los pointers de trabajo, los que yo manejo, tienen un inbreeding muy fuerte. Entonces, eh, yo he notado que en Europa, sobre todo los, donde están los grandes criadores, cada vez que aparece un perro que es campeón y es bueno y es de una sangre nueva, lo cruzan. Porque básicamente, eso yo les contaba, este señor Guberti, todos nuestros pointers actuales tienen atrás perros de él. Entonces sí existe un, un inbreeding, digamos, muy fuerte, que es, es ideal abrirlo. Sin embargo, no se consigue mucho porque mmm, ya casi que todo está con, con la sangre esta que les comento del, del vento que se llamaba. O sea, tú estás diciendo que haces mucho inbreeding, pero un poquito sí. de outbreeding también. Cuando hay como, porque básicamente los perros que yo tengo aquí, entre ellos son, el de, tie, comparten abuelos, tú has visto los pedigrís de los que yo tengo aquí, sí. todos son todos son lo mismo, o sea, yo lo que crío aquí es un inbreeding total, pero es, es ideal hacerlo de vez en cuando, abrir un poco, ¿no? Uh, he has 100% inline breeding. Really? Good. Once in a okay. while, once in a while, he will bring in some new blood. Okay. But there's been so much inbreeding, especially with this Italian, uh, Giorgio Guberti's dogs. Mm -hmm. uh, ¿Cómo se llama el perro? La, la cava? ¿Cómo se llama el perro de...? El famoso Ribot de la Noche. Uh, Ribot de la Noche was the famous dog. Ribo of the night, right? Was his yeah. famous dog. But a lot of his dogs carry his lineage. lineage. So the inbreeding is tight. Okay. But he does like to bring in some fresh blood, which is interesting because when you read George Bird Evans, for example, yeah. he almost got the brother and sister. I mean, yeah. He, he was right. They go, they go tight. And there yeah. were other people that were saying, no way, you can't yeah. do that and all that stuff. So do, dos escuelas diferentes, ¿no? Para pensar. Y se fija, se fija caracteres, eh, pero también aparecen cosas. Eh, yo vi unos pointers eh, que eran cruzados entre hermanos. Sí. Eh, y empezó a aparecer un, un tricolor, que es algo que se supone que se perdió hace como 150 años. Y aparecieron pointers tricolores. ¿Y cómo cazaban? No, no, cazar perfecto, pero eran tricolores y el estándar de raza te di no les dan pedigría a esos perros. So what he has seen as well is he's seen the tightest of inbreeding. Uh, ¿Esto en Europa o contigo? No, no, no. Era aquí unos que se cruzaron entre hermanos. Right Estos here in Europeas. Ecuador. We had from the European lines, we had a brother and sister, right, breed. And what came out was a tricolored pointer that had been extinct for 150 years. What? I, I, no lo había visto en 150. They hadn't seen it, and they would not give the papers to the tricolored pointer because it's not the standard of the pedigree. <laughs> en serio? Wow. And they didn't try to, they didn't try to no, no bring trataron, that back? No trataron de agarrarlo y, y continuar esa línea? Sí, de, de, hecho, de hecho nacieron tres o cuatro. Three or o sea, four were tricolored pointers. Fue un accidente de, de, de un amigo que, que, que tenía do, dos perros que eran hermanos, se le cruzaron sin querer 
y le nacieron eh, It was an accident. It was not intentional breeding. They just had him there yeah. and they and they were bred and they he said they hunted beautifully. Yeah. But eh, pero no no continuaron la raza porque cómo van a continuar? No. No, 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 no se, no se volvió a cruzar y de hecho, They did not uh, breed him again. Oh, wow. Wow. 150 years they hadn't seen. Uh, and they would not give him the documentation of saying pedigree pointer because that had been extinct. Can I find that pointer, those dogs anywhere? Like, I want to see them. Can ¿Puede I find encontrar them? esos perros ah, en alguna parte? Te, te mando, les mando fotos. Oh, he's going to send us pictures fotos. right now. Thank you. <laughs> I want to see that. Um, wow. Marcas de fuego, marcas de fuego aquí, los perros y negros, pero como con parecido a un bloodhound. Jesus, so they had this fiery yellow with, with the dark nose and stuff. It was all tricolored pointers. Really? Wow. See, see we've, we've pretty much bred, tried to breed out a lot of the colors, like sometimes you'll see pointers that are just that dark liver. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're white here. They're white with... Con casi completamente blanco son aquí. Yeah. Claro, igual que acá, igual que acá, claro. Yeah. Blanco, solo la máscara de color. Just yeah. the head might be, yeah. have, have some markings. Might have some on your ears or something. Poco en la oreja. Sí. Yeah. Sí. Wow. I cannot wait to see that. I, I want to <laughs> see that. So, um, now, would you say... And, and I'm going to get I want to kind of wrap it up because I want to take too much of your time. But do you think no, that the breeding of pointers was successful from Spain to England to North America, North and Central America, honestly, because of money? Like it seemed like a very wealthy thing, like a lot of rich people got into it. ¿Crees que la línea de pointers fue exitosa de España a, a, a Inglaterra, a, a Sudamérica, a Estados Unidos, tuvo mucho que ver con el estado económico de la gente con, con más dinero para poder traer estos pointers? No, no, no creo que Not sea así. Porque un, un, un pointer en Europa de un buen criadero no cuesta más de entre 800 y 1000 euros, que no yeah. es un dinero muy, muy grande. ¿no? So a great pointer for like today in Europe, a great pointer in Europe is 800 euros to 1,000 euros. Okay. Um, aquí en Estados Unidos están por 50 mil, 60 mil. Here in the States, I told them about 50,000, 60,000 dollars. <laughs> ah, no, no, mentira. Bueno, eh, me refería el, 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 el puppy. <laughs> sí, 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 sí. I'm saying he's referring to the puppy. Yeah, yeah. I was like, good <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Pero no, he says not, 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 not really. It, it, it. Probably influenced. I see your point. Probably yeah. influenced, but uh, but not necessarily because it wasn't an exorbitant amount of money to get, to get one, one of the puppies. You know? Okay. So, okay. Uh, um, now my last. Now I want to talk about his dog. Talk about you know your lines. You know some of the characteristics in your dogs, and then talk about some of you know your field trials. If you got champions, if you got winning dogs, talk about that. Cuéntanos un poco las características de tu línea y, y si has tenido concursos o has tenido campeones, diferentes cosas así. Sí, sí, sí. Yo, yo tuve un perro que no lo crié yo. Yo lo traje de Italia. Era yeah. un perro criado por un criador que se llama Alessandro Cabras, que es un amigo muy querido de la isla de, de Cerdeña. Ya. Yeah. Eh, y eh, este perro llegó a ser campeón cinco años en el Argentina, el primer perro en el ranking de trabajo y ganó también belleza. Y ahora está en el 
Brasil, en el sur de Brasil, donde hay afición también y ahí, ahí está criándose. Este es criándose. tu perro. Este era tu perro. Este es mi perro, sí. So his dog, he had a dog that uh, he brought over from Argentina and won the Argentina Championship five times in yeah. work five years in a row. ¿Fue cinco años consecutivos? Saltados, saltados. Uh, five years, not consecutive, but one year and then two years, but the, the dog won it five times and he won it for working and as well as for beauty. They have a competition yeah. called beauty, you know, how, how beautiful the dog is. And yeah. right now his dog is in Brazil. ¿Lo estás cruzando en Brasil? Sí, sí, sí. Yo He's al final el, el perro se lo regalé al conductor porque yo, o sea, el, el conductor es el profesional sí. que lo presenta. Es, él es, entonces se lo regalé al conductor y se quedó allá. So he eventually gave the, his trainer that he was working with the guy. He eventually gave the dog away to him, and so he took it to Brazil and is now competing. You know. Wow. Um, es See, el que está en la foto, en la foto que te mandé, Charlie. Oh, he's the one negra. that's on the picture that he sent us. The, oh, the, the, yeah, the one yeah, that, yeah. You, the, the, that you marketed. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ahí está, ahí está con menos de un año aquí en Ecuador. Yo lo llevé de año y medio a la Argentina ya. Oh, so okay. right here, that's him right there. Yeah. That's, um, he took him less, that's with him less than a year, and then he took it at a year and a half to the competitions in Argentina. Qué lindo, Dios mío. Yeah, it's sí, beautiful. Sí. That is going to be the, the cover of this episode. Esto va a ser la portada de, del episodio, ¿no? Muchas gracias. Vamos sí, a llamarlo sí. o, o Omar y sus pointers tricolores. We're going to call it Omar and his tricolored pointers. Tricolored pointers. You know what? That is actually going to be the title. Tricolored pointers. <laughs> tricolored pointers. Lord um, have mercy. Oh, man, that's wild. I, you have to send me that picture, man. man está muy entusiasmado para ver la foto. <laughs> Um, all right, so we're rounding everything up. Um, what is one thing that I, that you want to leave with the audience about, you know, your dogs or the, the culture and the history of, um, you know, Spanish pointers? ¿Qué quisieras dejar con el público? Un, un, una opinión tuya, un pensamiento tuyo sobre la cultura, sobre tus, tus perros, sobre... So, sobre todas estas iniciativas deportivas de los pointers, ¿hay algo, un punto que quisieras compartir que todo el mundo sepa? Bueno, eh, básicamente creo que es una cosa general para todas las, las líneas de, de perros de trabajo, ¿no? que se trate de conservar el perro eh, en la función para la cual fue criado, para la cacería en este caso, y que se siga practicando las actividades al, al aire libre y, y sobre todo la cacería, ¿no? que se cultive esto en la juventud, que se cultive esto en los, en los niños que vienen y que, por supuesto, a través de, de mantener las actividades vivas, las razas de perros se mantengan. He's saying one of the things is, that the, one of the most important opinions is to keep the line breeding for what it was meant to do. Yeah. You know, in a world today when we see a lot of crossovers, just keep that, you know, keep it as a working dog, keep the environment that the pointer should be hunting in the right type of environment, keep that environment. And then hopefully welcome that young generation to get to know the pointer more, to get to know the lineage, to respect the, the traits of it, you know? That's what he'd, uh, he'd like to do. Um, una preguntita, I want to ask him a question. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask him, the dog, my dog that just passed away, he just showed me in his lineage that they were related to one of his dogs. Really? And I did not understand. Omar, 
¿Cómo fue que Daphne estaba relacionada con tu, con tu línea? How was my Daphne related to his line? Because he showed me the documentation. And, you know, when you were here, I just lost my dog. Yeah. I'm about to start crying right now. Pero ¿cómo fue oh eso, Omar? Oh, lo, lo, lo que pasa es que Daphne era hija de una perra que se llamaba Milagro de la Viruta, Argentina. Milagro de la Viruta. Sí, 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 sí. Y, y, y yo tuve una perra que era, tendría que ser prima, que se llamaba Tana, que era hija de Melody de la Viruta. Y estas dos perras eh, eran nietas de un perro francés que se llamaba Ardí. Ardí, y Ardí está en todos los pedigrís, porque fue un perro que conjunto con Ribot... Eh, Básicamente en los años 95, 98, 2001, estuvieron presentes de todos los pedigrís, fueron perros campeones, que, que más que solamente campeones, fueron perros que daban mucha, transmitían mucho a sus hijos. Entonces o cruzaron, se cruzó muchísimo esos perros. O sea que Ardí tuvo dos hijitas, eh, Milagros de la Viruta y... Ah, de hecho, de hecho eh, Ardí es el abuelo de ellas, el, el que era hijo era... Eh, del cotorno, un perro italiano que era el padre de, de, de las, o sea, vendría a ser el abuelo de tu perro. El abuelo, entonces tú tenías a la tía de Daphne. No a tenías. La prima, a, a la prima, dos, dos hermanas argentinas vinieron. La una tuvo a Daphne, a Manjar y a todos ellos. Sí. Y la otra tuvo a, a mi perra Tana y algunas otras más. Y, y, y Manjar, qué monstruo de perro, ¿ah? ¿eh? Sí. Monstruo. ¿Tú so conociste a Eduardo, a Eduardo Granda? conociste. Creo que sí, que sí, que me, me suena mucho. Sí, él tenía la hermana de, de, de Milagro de la Viruta. Porque era Gonzalo Rueda que tenía Milagros de la Viruta. Sí, sí él tenía a Melody, que era la que la hermana. So, my dog, my dog's mom had a sister, mm -hmm. and that sister had a puppy. And that was Omar Rueda's puppy. But both of them came from this Italian dog. Oh. ¿Cómo se llamaba el perro italiano, el padre, el, el abuelo? Bang, Bang del Cotorno. Bang del Cotorno was the grandfather. But they all descended from Avis, ¿no? El francés. Ardi, Ardi era francés. Ardi Duvado Perchez se llamaba el perro. The, the dog was Ardi Duvando Frances or something like that and had that. So he just told me that he had that, that lineage. O sea, really? los perros que tienes ahorita están relacionados a, a, a esa línea? Así es. So the, the dog that I'm going to be picking up from him here yeah. in the spring, it will be related to Daphne. Wow. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. That is cool. That is cool. Well, I can't wait to see the dog. Um, if I could, <laughs> I would have asked Omar to do it. He said, "What now?" Que yo. Dile que dile que si que si que si quieres y están ustedes con espacio. No se ha puesto en celo la perra todavía, pero cuando se ponga, si quiere Duel también probar un pointer inglés de los de acá, pues que va a tener uno de de mi parte. So he is offering you. He is offering you an English pointer down there. If you would have room that the next time his dog goes in heat, he would like to give you one. Really? So you actually see what these dogs can do. Oh, so man. This, so this podcast turned out to be a hell of a Christmas present. <laughs> so 
<laughs> I want to take it. Now, this is this is my dilemma. Okay. Dice que lo quiere, pero tiene un pequeño dilemma. What, what's your dilemma? <laughs> June, I have a pup coming. Ah, en junio tiene un cachorrito que viene. So, the next, I'm going to have to wait. <laughs> and then my next dog, I would love to get one from you, El man. próximo perro, le encantaría no tener uno tuyo. Look, he says, absolutely no problem. Whenever you'd like one. Yeah. Oh, my so, God. Okay, so... We, that's the deal. So yeah, let's dice que absolutamente. Let's, nice let's, job. let's stay in contact. Mantengámonos en contacto. Dice que te va a llamar todos los días. I'm telling you, we're going to call him every day till he gets one. Okay. <laughs> hey, that's cool. Let's let's do that. And then what I will do is, um, because I'm getting a female, I'll just I'll have room. I'll save room in the kennel. That's, you know. Nice. And then when my wife gives me the green light to get it, I'll be calling you. Ya está, te va a llamar cuando su esposa le dé el, el, la luz verde. ¿Cómo no? ¿Cómo no? Absolutely. Yeah, his pleasure. His pleasure. Oh, my oh. gosh. I, I love it. Thank you so much. Muchas gracias, Omar. Bravo. Muchas gracias. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I am going to have this published. Um, matter of fact, I will get this published within the next week. Um, so I should have, I'll edit it and clean it up and things like that. Um, and I'll have this up ASAP. Entonces va a editarlo, va a tener, y en una semana va a tener podcast y ahí lo manda a todo el mundo para que lo vea. And I'll send it to you. Perfecto. Yeah. Perfecto. Muchísimas gracias por la oportunidad. He's very, very grateful for the opportunity. What, what a pleasure was to converse with you. Thank you very much, he's saying. Well, thank you so much. Gracias, Omar. <laughs> Un abrazo. Chao, hey, chao. Talk gracias. to you soon. All right. All right, guys, I want to thank all of my sponsors from Onyx Hunt, Yukonuba Sporting Dog, Lion Country Supply, Dakota 283 Kennels, and Garmin. And guess what? You better believe that I will be picking up one of those pointers from Omar Mera in the, the very near future. I've already talked to my wife about it. Um, once we get little, the, the new dog, we'll be picking up another one after a while. And I got another dog to pick up from uh, Paul Cook from Alder Fork English Setters. So I'm going to make the string. I promise you that. I'm going to promise you I'm going to make that string. And we're going to have another good episode of the Gun Dog Notebook podcast for you guys to listen to. So thanks again for tuning in and stay tuned for another episode next week.